Hey everyone, it's lead producer Sonia Cho Swanson filling in for our lovely hosts. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking about Red Rock Canyon. Because almost as far back as I can remember, we've been hearing about the fights and legal battles around Red Rock. I mean, you've all seen those Save Red Rock bumper stickers, right? But why have these battles been going on for so long? Here to help us parse this out is contributor Daniel Rothberg, environment reporter for the Nevada Independent. He just wrote an incredible in-depth investigative piece about the latest legal challenge brought on by a developer who wants to build more homes right next to Red Rock Canyon. And it's not as clear-cut as you might think. It's Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. I'm Sonia Cho Swanson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. When I'm talking, I don't see the sound waves down here. Is that normal? Oh, I'm I'm seeing sound waves, so I think you're okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Hello, hello, Daniel. Welcome back to CityCast. It's been a minute. I know. Uh, thank you for having me back. This is one of my favorite podcasts, and it's always good to be here. Well, we love having you on, especially to help us decode what's going on with environmental issues. And today we wanted to ask you a little bit about one of our favorite outdoor recreational areas, Red Rock Canyon. My family has been in Las Vegas for just over 20 years. And I just, I feel like for as long as I can remember, there have been fights over development around Red Rock Canyon. Am I wrong? I feel like it's just been going on for almost all of my life. No, you're absolutely right. It is a, you know, ongoing issue, the encroachment of development and different pressures on the National Conservation Area. And it has been going on even longer than that, just 20 years. The main flashpoint in the last two decades has been a proposal by Jim Rhodes, a prominent, well-known developer in Las Vegas, who purchased a gypsum mine outside of the Red Rock National Conservation Area to redevelop the land for higher density housing. I believe he purchased the property in 2002 or 2003, and there was very quickly a backlash that prompted a legislative action at the legislature. They unanimously, Republicans, Democrats, passed a bill preventing the county from uh, rezoning the land. I'm probably answering this question into way too much depth, but the idea is, is that there has been this tension around development and conservation of Red Rock for decades now, even before that. Well, I'm glad you brought up Jim Rhodes and the gypsum development because that was the subject of a huge investigative piece that you recently wrote for the Nevada Independent. I mean, this was Mm -hmm. thousands of documents that you poured over, months of work. And it sounds like this development, which has been contentious for the last couple of decades plus, has hit yet another road bump. So it's it's complicated is the short yeah. answer. And I uh-huh. would direct your listeners to read my story and some of the past stories and some of the timeline that's included in the story, because that will give a good breakdown of the specifics of what's going on and where the development's at. 
But in 2010, after Jim Rhodes sued the county and the state over the law that I had mentioned and a similar county ordinance, he entered into a settlement agreement with the county that allowed him to submit a proposal for higher density than the land is already zoned for. The land right now is zoned for rural, low-density housing, and that's it. But Rhodes has Mm -hmm. always wanted to build more homes than the current density allows for. And the settlement agreement allowed him to submit an application to do so. And it required that the county process that application in, quote, good faith. Hmm. In 2011, Rhodes and the company that he operates, Gypsum Resources, submitted a concept plan, an initial plan for higher density housing pretty much adjacent to the Red Rock National Conservation Area. In the county commission, in a split vote, or I believe it was a five to two vote, approved that concept plan, but included a long list of conditions. And one of those conditions was that roads and gypsum resources must obtain a federal road permit before proceeding because the land is surrounded by federal public land managed by the Bureau of Land Management. Mm -hmm. So flash forward to today, that road permit continues to be an issue with the development. What I will say is that the county has started the process of allowing potentially low-density housing in that area, but it's still an open question whether those homes will be built. So I know that there are other, perhaps less fraught, but still somewhat contentious projects also being proposed and considered in the area as well. Can you describe some of those? So there's all sorts of different developments that have been proposed for Red Rock. You know, I think Bonnie Springs is being Mm -hmm. redeveloped into homes. That's an inholding within the conservation area where there's private land within the conservation area. And there was not nearly as much opposition as there was to the roads project, but there was some concern about it. But I think the county's rationale was that the developer wanted to build um, kind of more a more rural style housing, but that's definitely an, a project to watch and is putting more pressure on the landscape. Another project is there, if you can believe this, there's a pump storage project to basically, pump storage is a little complicated, but okay. it's a way of storing Uh, excess solar or energy by basically having two reservoirs at different elevations and you pump water up to a higher reservoir, which creates potential energy. And then you release it to the lower reservoir, which releases that energy and can be used to help stabilize the grid. Now, there are, of course, all sorts of concerns about building reservoirs in the Great Basin in the desert. And so that project is another project to watch. Similar projects have been proposed to the pump storage. It's not brand new, but that's something that's on the horizon. And then, like a lot of places, Red Rock faces pressure from increased recreation, things like graffiti, vandalism, and other issues just from having more people present during covid more people wanted to get outside, which is fantastic. Like there are so many mental health benefits, physical benefits from being outside, but with more traffic comes, you know, some other issues and more pressures on the landscape. So those are some of the, those are some of the big 
big concerns. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, I just remember at the beginning of the pandemic going out to Red Rock and there was a line so long. My friend and I decided to just turn around and yeah. go somewhere else. It was just like, yeah. it was so crowded. And I had never seen Red Rock like that before. I mean, to my understanding, right. now they have this online reservation system in place. You know, things are somewhat alleviated, but I know that they are seeing these incredible numbers. So these pressures on the landscape, can you go more into that? Like, I guess my question is, what do opponents of these building projects argue? So they vary from project to project, of course, but in general, you have potential impacts on wildlife, whether that's a desert tortoise or other wildlife. You have potential impacts on vegetation and ecosystems and having more traffic in the area. That's that's a big concern for a lot of people is, you know, having more traffic in this area. There are issues having to do with light pollution and disrupting the, the sort of view shed of Red Rock. And I should mention like the the land that we're talking about in the case of the Rhodes project is an existing gypsum mine and a mine operation. So it's not like there's no impact, but the presence of a master plan community in the area would significantly change the experience of going to Red mm-hmm. Rock. That's what the activists around this issue argue. It's something that the county recognized even before Rhodes submitted his plan back in the early 2000s. The predecessor owner of the gypsum mine had had submitted a similar plan to build there. And the county said that it was out of character with the area. And so with this Rhodes high density plan, he was talking about how many homes? So the density has varied through throughout time. At a time, I believe it was about 7,000 homes. I think that was reduced to about 5,000 homes. But generally, the number that I heard through throughout this reporting was about 5,000 homes. So we're talking about 5,000 more homes. And then who knows, maybe 10,000 more people, 10,000 more cars coming back and forth off on these roads in this area? I don't know what the exact number would be, but that's where this federal road permit came in because as a requirement, the county wanted roads to build an access road that would go through federal public land to access the residential development. Because of the expected increase in traffic, they want to, you know, divert that away from the visitors. In order to build that access road, you would have to get permission and do an environmental analysis with the Bureau of Land Management because they manage the land where the road would be. Tell me more about roads, building roads through the Mojave. What does a road do? What's, What's the impact of a road on, you know, plants and animals? It's a great question because we don't, I don't think we talk about roads nearly enough in environmental discussions and reporting and things like that, but roads have a really big impact on land. Now, as I've mentioned, some of this area has already been impacted, but but in general, roads literally split up an ecosystem, and in many cases, a corridor that is used for habitat uh, movement and In addition, you're putting cars, huge cars on a road, those cars could physically collide with habitat as well. Yeah, it's like a a multi-ton metal 
tank hurtling down the highway at exactly. 50, 60, 70 miles an hour. People do not drive slow on the way to Red Rock, by the way. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, in other places in Nevada, you have concerns about roads, for example, because they do disrupt the landscape in this way, will kind of be breeding grounds for different invasive grasses and things that have a really disruptive effect on ecosystems. So it's something that is analyzed uh, when you're building a road on public land, it's analyzed for all of these impacts. So this is what advocates of groups like Save Red Rock Canyon say. What about developers? What are developers saying? I think that there obviously there are people who want to live near Red Rock. If you look at Summerlin, if you go to the website for the Bonnie Springs houses, they are, you know, this is like a luxury community that they're building out there. But the question is, I think, in the case of gypsum and roads, is what is the county's role? What is its discretion? Where do those lines begin and end? Taking into consideration the history of the past. Now, Rhodes is making all these allegations of corruption and delays and deal making that slowed down a decision on his project. And he argues that the county, because it has upzoned or increased the density for other projects historically, that project should be treated the same. Now, the county argues that it has discretion. It doesn't have to do that because this is a unique area, because of all sorts of different reasons, and because of this condition that roads had to get a federal road permit before proceeding. Hmm. I'm glad you mentioned density because to me, that's one of the details that catches my attention as someone who lives in Las Vegas and, and loves Red Rock Canyon. It seems to me that maybe there's a little bit of gray area here where maybe it's not just a question of like to develop or not to develop, but also how to develop if development does occur. I'm just kind of thinking about like, you know, maybe one argument, hey, look, Red Rock Canyon is already protected. We've established these boundaries already. Why are environmentalists asking for increased protections in those borderlands around Red Rock Canyon? Like what's What's special about the kind of development, the low-density development that activists are asking for? So the, the line from Save Red Rock and some of the other groups that have opposed increased density on the private property that Rhodes certainly has rights to build on, they argue that the developer knew what he bought uh, you know, f former commissioner Chris June Kiliani expressed this in my piece. Rhodes knew what he bought, and he should build for what he bought for the density that he he bought. And their argument is that building higher density, having a master plan community where you potentially have grocery stores, where you potentially have restaurants, where you potentially have other types of businesses, that that is going to significantly alter the character of this national conservation area, this area that already faces so many pressures and this area that is so beloved by so many people in Las Vegas. Um, you know, just because the land doesn't fall within the borders of the conservation area, they argue, uh, doesn't mean that it's not sensitive land. Yes, Rhodes has this private property right, but it's surrounded 
in in large part by public federal public land that's managed for the American people by the Bureau of Land Management. There's all sorts of national parks and all sorts of conservation areas across the West that are surrounded by federal public land. And it would be it would be a similar situation to that building outside of a park or conservation area or um, another land protected land designation like that. So are there any environmentalists or advocates for Red Rock Canyon who agree that there is such a thing as responsible development near Red Rock Canyon? Yeah, I think that a lot of the environmentalists who've been involved in this would say, yeah, we recognize that Jim Rhodes and Gypsum Resources have a property right, but we want them to build for the rural zoning, which I think is about one house for every two acres, so 0.5 per acre. That's significantly different than a large-scale master plan community. That's something... I think a lot more like kind of the homes you see around Calico Basin near Red Rock. Yeah, I've driven through and seen people with horses in their yards yeah. around there. I mean, that's definitely right. a different character, a different feeling. I, I get the feeling it's the pl- kind of place where a tortoise might wander through and not get squished. Yeah. Okay, here's my last question for you. It is the year 2022. Why are we still arguing about development around Red Rock? It has been decades. What's going on? I think that there are a variety of reasons for that, but the dynamic, as I sort of tried to tease out a bit in the story, has been that the county has long feared a lawsuit from Rhodes, and they approach this issue in a very circumspect way. That is probably a generous way of characterizing it. But they entered into a settlement agreement with Rhodes in 2010 there is all this legal uncertainty and interpretation around what these property rights exactly are, what the meaning of processing this application in good faith means. That's sort of central to the dispute right now in court. The county and Gypsum Resources had an obligation after 2010 to work in good faith and process an application to potentially increase density. I, I think that as some of the documents that are reported on show, there was a hesitancy to make a decision about this issue and kind of some delays that went on. So ultimately, it's continued to stay alive and it's continued to be litigated. This is now you know, the second big lawsuit in the 20 years that this issue has been going on. So it sounds like we'll continue to see the Save Red Rock bumper stickers for for a while yet around town. I think so. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for this great conversation. As always, we'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you. Make sure to head over to thenevadaindependent.com to read Daniel's full story on the political fight over homes in Red Rock. Side note, I also read another great piece on how Nevada is leading the nation in reducing animal vehicle collisions. So read that one, too. And now for a little news before you go. It seems like just a minute ago that you couldn't mention the Las Vegas housing market without calling it red hot. 
But now we've seen two straight months of falling home prices. The median price is still up over last year, but experts are bracing for a cooldown. Also in the news, a new youth employment program at the West Charleston Library is using virtual reality to help teens visualize what it might be like to work different jobs. You know, like a firefighter, maybe, or a desk clerk. It's part of an effort to reach the large number of kids in Clark County who aren't going to either school or work. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, I know you did, impress your friends by sharing what you learned today at your next dinner party and then send them the link. Don't forget to also leave us a review, throw us some stars, and subscribe to our amazing morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. Let me give it one more go and I'll give you the two versions again.